It's week seven of the golfing calendar, and we're here thanks to our great mates at Ping. They'll help you play your best. By the way, if you haven't had a Ping Club fitting, you can do it at your local golf shop or professional. Hey, if it's good enough for Nick O'Hearn. And the Golf Clearance Outlet, cracking deals on awesome gear. They're in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth or online at golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. Settle in. It's a big show, lots to talk about. On the number one Australian golf podcast, here's former world number 16 Nick O'Hearn and tour pro Mark Allen. This is Talk Birdie to Me. I just watched you turn up your headphones by half a millimetre on the turn (laughs) and that's an embarrassment. No, it's not, Mark. It's all about the one percenters. You're in the zone now. (laughs) Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, what do you got there? This is the new Ping G430 Max 10K driver. It's next level, I'll tell you. It's so impressive. We all know that Ping help you play your best. I've been using them for years, and I wouldn't use anything else. In fact, this new driver, it's Ping's straightest and highest moment of impact driver ever. Holy moly. So on the course, what's that going to mean? How's it going to help golfers? Well, to put it simply, it means people are going to be hitting longer, straighter, and they're going to absolutely crack their drives off the tee. I could talk about it all day. It's that good. But the best thing to do if you want to check out how impressive Ping's new G430 Max 10K driver is, just book in with your local golf shop or professional to arrange a Ping club fitting, and I'll see you out there with my Ping gear. It's all about the touch and feel. Can I ask you a question? Because it's something I noticed watching Phoenix, and I had a good look at everything this week, really. Um, I haven't seen more hoodies worn in my life, except when little kitties are getting around, hanging around 7-Eleven, mm. as I saw at Phoenix. <laughs> Every group of three, I would say, had at least two players wearing a hoodie. Oh, the players were wearing them. The players... Okay. I, did you not notice the amount of hood? See, this is this is what's happening in golf. It's it's so present. Normal. It's it's been normalised. Come to think of it, was Scheffler wearing one? Everybody he, was okay. wearing them. You're probably right. Everybody was wearing a hoodie. You sound like a boomer right now, mate. Since when do we wear tracksuit tops to play golf? Is, uh, is what I want to ask. You are. Uh... Yeah, I know, and and you're all about the style and the attire on the golf course. The other thing you probably, if you watch the tournament, you yeah. would have noticed, yeah. there was a lot of chef's hats out there. <laughs> yeah, how much fun was that? That was great. Yeah, it was a great marketing stunt by Lululemon, who are uh, Minwoo Lee's new clothing sponsor. Oh, they did it. And they did it. They made these red chef's hats, along with, I think it was a blue polo top, a white pants, which you would have loved, yeah, 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 yeah. golf shoes, and that were all tagged yeah. with uh, Lululemon on them. And they had a bunch of guys come in, and obviously Min Wu was playing. You know, let's cook. It set on the yeah, chef's hat. Yeah. It was outstanding. Yeah, that is outstanding. I was, I was really, you know what? I was really happy for Min Wu Lee because you know we say that he's kind of made it over there, but you haven't really made it in America until you get something like that. Yeah. Remember when Ricky Fowler was hot? Yeah, he wasn't mm-hmm. winning tournaments, but everyone loved him. No, a sponsor's dream. And these little kids would dress. In orange. Orange. Everything yeah. would be orange. And, you know, and the Bieber haircut. That's it, the Bieber haircut. <laughs> Which became and, the Fowler haircut, basically. And, and everywhere he walked, there were like little mini-me's. Yeah. You know, all these kids dressed like Ricky Fowler. So Ricky, you know, he'd made it. Let him cook has just taken off over there. It has. It is just remarkable. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I'd like to put a well, call out to Tiger Woods, please, because Tiger, could you just come back and play some golf for the PGA <laughs> Tour and teach these kids how to dress again? Uh. Because they used to look magnificent. Well, the crowds this week in Phoenix were so big that on one of the days, I think Saturday, Saturday. they had to shut the gates because they, there was too many people coming in and they also stopped serving alcohol. Oh, yeah. Were there- it was out of control. Now, they've never really released the numbers per day, but I remember back in 2018, I think they did release it. And for the week, they said they had 750,000 yep. for the four days. Now... 
might have been five days actually, yep. but they had apparently 200,000 per day through the gates. Yes. And there was a lot of alcohol being consumed oh by them. Oh, my God. Them. It looked like a Happy Gilmore oh, crowd, it didn't was. it? I mean, you think back to Happy Gilmore I was with the, the shirts are off and the big tummies and people carrying on and drinking, you know. It was a Happy Gilmore well, crowd, it, which is great. It's basically, if Liv ever gets to that sort of size, that's what a Liv golf tournament would look like with that many people, <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, I, right. I saw some massive dude who was so overweight and obese yeah. sliding down a hill with his yeah. shirt off and they're pouring beer all <laughs> yeah. over him. They yeah, were yeah. going. And then and he was doing his head, head shaking <laughs> yeah. thing and guys were banging both cheeks going, oh. Oh! you know, just the, the <laughs> testosterone was coming out of everybody's ears. Uh, it was out of control. But I've, I've mentioned before, I've played that tournament so many times. Tell me about and it. Tell me about it. I remember one of the years trying to walk from the clubhouse to the driving range, I couldn't do it. You, you needed Why? security because to take, the, you. to take me through the crowds because they were just so big. And then they, what they ended up doing, this was a year where they never really, they never actually roped off a section for players to walk from the players' area to the range, which is quite a walk. Yeah. But they'd never thought to rope that off because it's oh, it can't be that busy. But it got to the point where they had to do like a, an alleyway where they just had this section of rope the whole way for a good three, four hundred yards or whatever it was to get yeah. to the driving range so players could just walk along it. it it's Crazy. just remarkable. Mm. Look, oh, when I was a member at Huntingdale Golf Club and when the Australian Masters were there, I mean, well, I had pretty good an- uh, access to uh, Williams and, and, and David Inglis who, who ran the tournament. And those tournaments, you know, particularly when Norman was playing Feldo and it was in February, so, you know, it was a great time for people to come and, w- and watch golf in Australia. Uh, all the other sports had exhausted themselves over the summer and the, the golf was just enormous. When you look back at those tournaments, it was 10 deep mm. around Feldo and Norman. Then you go back to the group, two groups back, and Langer was playing, it was 10 deep there. And then Bradley Hughes and Craig Parry were playing, it was 10 deep there. <laughs> it was 10 deep absolutely everywhere. And how many people do you reckon were through the gates there? Because I know, I know exactly how many. Twenty five thousand. That's it. Really. So, Huntingdale looked packed mm. with twenty five thousand, and here you have a tournament that is getting two hundred thousand mm. people through the gates. They call it the stadium course, but I think finally, now if you go and play it, the sixteenth hole stadium is permanent. Permanent. Yeah. It'd yeah. Have to be. When did that happen? Oh, a few years ago, I think. Um, that's a good question. I wonder how many people they get in that stadium hole. It must be ten to 15,000. Would I'm, that sound right? I'm going to say 30,000. Really? Yeah. Yeah, well, you Could be a, 20. I don't know. You think of a basketball court. Yeah, true. So basketball courts, it's a smaller area. Mm-hmm. It's what is only about 60 metres long, a basketball court. It's a lot higher up, though, I would imagine. Yeah, that's right. But it's just a very small little racetrack around as far as the stands. And this, this racetrack is, is quite big. So I think they can get... Probably twenty twenty five thousand 25,000 people yeah. just just there. And because, you know, the, the seats are there, but the corporate facilities back, it's, it looks like there might be 100 people in every in every room. Yeah. Well, it was a great it was a great finish to the tournament as well. And we'll talk about that during the uh, Ping Global results. When you're, when you're a pro and you're used to a reasonably quiet, more sedate mm. type approach to when you're playing your golf, mm. like you look what, did you see what happened with Billy Ho this week at Phoenix? Uh, I heard something. Was he telling them to shut up or quieten down, Billy Horschel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw Zach Johnson doing that. Billy Z- Horschel, right? Yeah. Get next year. Buddy, when he's over shot, shut yeah, the hell shut up, up, man. Come on. Come on. So there was an awful lot of that. And I mean, that's going to happen when people are blind. When you're blind drunk and you're at a sporting event, and if you are a regular... NFL goer or college sports yeah. goer, that is in their blood to mm. absolutely let rip. So if they've had a skinful, they're going to let rip. How do you how do you cop it? Well, I knew going into the Phoenix event, it's the worst you get all year. Okay, yeah. the only other probably hole where you get that sort of um, Feed, cheering and feedback. It, well, the, yeah, feedback would be <laughs> the seventeenth at Sawgrass, where <laughs> yeah. where they're actually willing you to hit it in the water. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, I never did. But never. Fe- but Phoenix, when you get onto that 16th tee, for example, and you've got all that crowd and that murmur, you know you just can't hit a bad shot because they will let you know it. And I've hit, I've made bogey there before, and the amount of booze you get yeah. for hitting a bad shot or missing a putt or whatever it is, even if you've got a 10-foot birdie putt and you yeah. miss it, they will get stuck in here. But the deal is... When you play that tournament, you know what you're getting into. If you don't like it, don't, don't play it. Don't enter. You don't have to play it. Don't enter. So uh, when I watch it, 
you know, the player's name comes up, mm-hmm. all his stats come up. You can see what how he's going on the day. But tell me if this is right. I was told that some of the, 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 the characters in the crowds get a cheat sheet going. They get research happening on all the players. And they hand out the research. Oh, yeah. And they know where to dig. If, oh, if they yeah. want to put the knife in. Yep. This is the crowd. Yes. The crowd gets a cheat sheet. Let's say, you know, let's say Nick O'Hearn um, got beaten by Steve Stricker more than any other player who's ever been beaten, right? <laughs> then that would be on a cheat sheet and they'd be going, hey, you're Steve Stricker's bitch. Or, you know, they'd, they'd, they'd be saying, that's, what, that's oh, what they'd be calling out. Oh, yeah, they, they, they delve into, you know, college, childhood stuff, nicknames that childhood. you were called way, way, back, way back when. They'll find something and have a go at you. So, so Billy's asking for trouble next year, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Oh, mate. No, that, that's exactly right. Billy Horshaw shouldn't play next year. He True. will be abused because yeah. that'll be on the cheat sheet. Yeah. Mm. And I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know where that actually happened again was on the live tour this past week. John, John Rahm was playing. Uh, where were they? they were in Vegas. Yeah. What, what's his team again? Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, we'll get, don't, worry. <laughs> don't worry. We will get to that. Like that, in Vegas last week at the live golf tournament, John Rahm was hitting a shot late in the day. And he was in the hunt, by the way. We'll yeah. go through that later. But yeah. his caddy was trying to get... Hey, everyone, no cell phones, quieten them down, quieten them down. Now, I'm not sure that's going to work in live because you know what their motto is, golf but louder. That's exactly (laughs) right. So it'll be interesting to see how Ram goes going forward. I remember that's, that's what happened in Adelaide last year. I forget who the player was, Mm. but the player had to get up and down at the last. Was it Bubba? Might have been Bubba Watson. Um it was one of the players, okay. one, one of the big-name American players. Mm-hmm. Needed to get an up-and-down at the last to either finish second by themselves or, you know, maybe t- whatever it was. And, of course, you know, the live event last year, all the fans oh. were on the apron of the green. They were right next yeah. to the green. They were standing in between the greenside trap and the green. <laughs> so it, it was just a full-on. And then all of a sudden, he's going, quieten down, quieten down. Mm. And, and that's kind of against everything that live is supposed to stand for. Exactly. I, I get it, though. Because you don't want to stuff it up in that situation. Mm. And when, when, when crowds are boisterous, it's not that noise that you hear. It's the sudden thing that you don't expect that gets you. Yeah, that's the thing that gets you. Yeah. You'd rather it be a, a constant murmur or, yeah. a, or a noise going where it's dead silent and then all of a sudden you hear someone cough or yell out something. Yeah. That's when you get done. Yeah, that, that is right. Can I talk about Kabori, please? Oh, yeah. Kazuma Kabori. Well done. We'll talk about him a little mm. bit later in the Ping Global results. Hey, we missed you on the coverage too. No, no, it was good. Mate, I'm, I'm, I'm good to give everybody a go, Nick. Uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a free thinker there. there you and go. I'll see you next week, by yes. the way. Yeah, where, 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 where we got? Where uh, Hunter Valley. Hunter Valley. So yep. looking forward to it. Um, it. It appears to me that the best putter is the best player on the Challenger PGA Tour of Australia this year. Now, I think that's beyond reproach, isn't it? That, that is a fact. The best putter is the best player. Lord of the Greens. Lord of the Greens, Kazuma Kabori. Although I think I've come up with a new nickname for him now. Oh, what, what's that? King Kabori. Yeah, it's Because he's yeah. winning all these WebEx Players Series yeah. events. Well, he's going <laughs> to be crowned. He's the best putter and he's the best player. Uh I would argue that uh, Tiger Woods was also the best putter when he was reigning supreme. I'll also argue that Peter Senior with the long putter when he won everything in Australia hold absolutely everything. Correct. You go through the list. Anyway. Why do you think I took up the long putter? Yeah, because you putted better. No, because I watched Peter Senior hold everything for years. There's this guy using this long putter. I thought, I'll try that. And away you went. And you were a good left-handed putter. I was a decent putter. You were fine. Yeah. But you went to another level when you went to it. So so that makes sense. When I move around the traps and when I play my golf wherever, I always run into players trying to make it in professional golf, and they are pounding balls, pounding balls, pounding balls. They've got their five irons out. They're pounding balls. They've got their camera behind, working on where this elbow should be. And, and, you know, there's a place for that, and I get it. But it always strikes me that if you are a professional golfer or a very good young amateur player, if you're not practicing right now to be the best putter in the world, then I'm not sure you're doing your job. I don't know about you, Nick, but I missed plenty of cuts when I hit the ball well. But I don't think I missed one cut when mm-hmm. I putted well. Not one. And and that goes for wherever I might have been playing around the world and the small career that I had. If I putted well, I played well. Yep. 
what's what's I mean it's so easy was you I don't know I mean I know you practice your short game like hell yeah. I practice my short game like hell yeah I always had a two-thirds ratio and what I mean by that is two-thirds of my time was spent on wedges chipping bunkers and putting I think Kazuma is a great example yeah. of his wedge game short game and the putting especially is world-class oh. and that's probably I'm thinking where he spends most of his time practicing ball striking tee to green is solid it's not great it's very good. Uh, not too much goes wrong. Every now and then yeah. he hits a squarely shot, but don't we all? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's he finds a way to just get that ball in the hole. And the scary thing was he double bogeyed the first hole of the tournament. He's teed off on 10 on Thursday, made double, ended mm. up shooting 65 by yeah. birding the last seven holes. And I think at that sort of elite level, you talk to all those pros you know, we're all talking about Scotty Scheffler's ball striking at the moment. Imagine if he putted like Kazuma right now. He would be winning every tournament by 10. But I heard a crazy stat just, I was just butting, yeah. a crazy stat on him. He won the scoring average last year, Scotty Scheffler. Mm. Where do you think he finished in putting for the year <laughs> and he won the scoring average? I think he was probably in the bottom 20. Plus 150. He was above. Wow. Up over 150. That'll never happen again. Yeah. That'll, nev- that'll never so that's, happen. That's- so he's the outlier. To what I'm talking about here, it's impossible that that season he, to have the greatest. Yeah. I think he's got number seven scoring average, and Tiger's got the first one to Top six. Six, yeah. So he's had a cracking year and had the worst putting year of his yeah. probably professional career. So the the other example as well, if we look at the weekend's golf, was Nick Taylor, who just won in Phoenix, beat Charlie Hoffman in a playoff. He said in that final round, he just didn't hit the ball very well the front line. He was scrapping away. Hmm. And uh, I heard a stat at one point he'd made 15 out of 15 putts from inside 15 feet on the final day. He ended up making, with the playoff, 18 out of 19. So he was holding it from everywhere. On 15, where he was, I think, two or three shots behind going into a par five, he needed to make birdie or an an eagle. He had about 250 yards. It's a tough shot over water, but everyone's going, hang on, he's laying up. Why is he doing this? Why is he laying up? But you know what he did? He played to his strength, wedged it on, made the putt for birdie, ended up birding two of the last three, got in the playoff and won, and that's exactly what Kazuma does. And that's what I saw with him uh, at the the WebEx Players Series in Sydney last Mm. week is every par five he didn't take on in two. He just laid it up to his yardage, wedged it on, hold the putt. Zach Johnson did the exact same thing when he won the Masters. He never yeah. went for a par five in two, and he won the Masters. That's unheard of. It's unheard of. Yeah. Absolutely. And who was the other player? There was another player who laid up on the par four, water in front, uh, had a big pause in his swing. Uh, he was a beautiful putter, kind of blonde-headed strawberry. Uh, I'll, think, I'll think of the name. How long ago was this? I'm going to say I was in the early 2000s. He's Pitcher is in my head. He's one of those putters. When he putts, he looks. He turns his head at the hole. Okay. Unusual. Was this in Australia or America? No, this is America. He won the PGA Championship. Oh. He won the PGA, and he did exactly that. He he didn't go for it at, uh, on the last hole. He oh, laid up. David Toms. Thank you. Atlanta Athletic at Atlanta Athletic Club. Exactly. That was a hard one to get out. Yeah. Exactly. I was there. I was in my hotel room watching that because I'd missed the cut and I was there on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> tough, tough hole, that finishing hole. Five hundred it was the longest par four in history at that That's stage, four hundred and ninety nine yards. So it was a par five that it, they turned into they a par converted four. Converted into a par four. Yeah. Anyway, he did exactly that. Yeah. Played to his strength. What I'm going to do in my masterclass, because I, I think it's me this week, isn't mm, it? It is. It is me. I've done the last two. <laughs> I'm going to give my masterclass on how to practice like a professional. Love it. All right? Love it. And not because the whole point to my story is I'm seeing way too many kids mm. who aren't practicing like professionals. Yep. They, they, yep. they feel like they've got to hit it like Scotty Scheffler. Mm-hmm to be able to earn money in this game where generally speaking it's not it's the other way around Mm. and anytime i get these the ear of these lads Mm. i always say mate 25 putts around fixes everything does it what fixes everything on the pga tour uh, socials earlier in the week of phoenix they did a little survey amongst the players actually and they said to them what's your over under on how many swings you take per tournament week and they said the over under is a thousand do you think you take under a thousand swings per week or over a thousand thousand and that includes obviously uh, how many you hit in a tournament for the 72 holes you practice swings by the way how many balls you hit practice on the swings, range practice swings count it's a full swing i would imagine yeah, okay I, i'm guessing that's what they were talking well, about if it's a full 
practice swing rehearsal. Doesn't that count as a swing? I, um, it does. Not yeah. what Kabori does, mm. and, and your the, the waggle that he carried off, you, <laughs> copied off you. Not the waggle, yeah. But, but a full practice swing mm. counts. But I'll tell you what most of the players said after you. Maybe have a little bit of a well, think I'm about it. I'm trying to think. There. So if I travel on Monday, I'll get there on Tuesday, yeah. and I play. Your practice day, then you got the pro-am to play. Yeah. So you're playing 36 holes. Yeah. So 36 holes on the practice day, I'm probably hitting a couple of drives and a couple of shots in and uh, maybe having a lot of pitches, which I, I'm going to count. I'm going to say there's maybe 100. 100, yeah. 100 on day one. Uh, it's a good solid day in the pro-am. So hitting mm-hmm. balls, I probably hit 100 balls plus do whatever I need to do. So maybe I'm going to say 200 on mm-hmm. the pro-am day. Yep. And then rounds one, uh, three, four, five. It's probably 200, 200. Yeah, so I'd be under, but only just under is what I'd mm. suggest. I, like, okay. I'm added up to 900. Yeah. What about okay. you? Yeah, I'd be well under as well because – and that's what a lot of the pros were saying. They were saying, yeah, probably under. And they had really had to think about it because I'm, I'm assuming they're talking practice swings as well. But what it goes to show is I don't think they hit that many balls during tournament week. They're on the range working on a few things. Yeah. But if you haven't, and, and this is something I really adhered to in, throughout my career, during tournament week, if you don't have your game um, as you get there Tuesday, well, you're probably not going to find it on the range during the week. My yeah. old coach, Neil Simpson, used to say, I don't want to come to the tournament with you because there's no point. I mean, if you haven't figured it out, well, yeah. well, good luck. And he always used to say, well, that's what your short game's for. <laughs> oh, that's exactly right. <laughs> so when you're right. not hitting the ball well. It's your now, defense. Yeah. A player like Alex Noren, for instance, they all said, oh, he'd be well over 1,000 because he loves to hit balls yeah. and he's a range rat. Yeah. Um, you know, he's there from dawn yeah. till dusk. But, After uh, round, pre-round. Yeah. Everyone's different, obviously, but I'm, I'll be fascinated to, for your masterclass. That'll be a good one. Uh, by the way, Alex Noren, have you seen his pre-rehearsal uh, oh. just at the moment? <laughs> oh, my well, God. Didn't he make our top five? Yes, a I while think back. He, yeah, yeah, for most unusual pre, but he's <laughs> taken it to a whole new level. Has he? he? Might, he oh, might really? Have, he might have snuck in at number four. What's he doing now? Is he hitting himself oh, on the left foot now? Just the the, the he makes this <laughs> pre-shot rehearsal, and his shoulders and stomach are facing the target at impact, and the hands are so far in front of. <laughs> of it's incredible. And then, so I only saw him hit one shot. Mm. And he hit it the two feet. <laughs> and he hit it the two feet on the sixteenth hole. Well, it was it, yeah, the best shot you'd ever you'd ever ever see. I guess it works. So Did you yep. just hear a noise? Yes. That means we've got a voicemail. You have one new voicemail. New message. Yeah, g'day, Mark and Nick. I just wondered in this week you might be able to do a um, top five best par threes in Australia. I was just reading a golf article and they had um what the that for example they had the fifth at Royal Melbourne, um Yarra Yarra's eleventh. The seventh at Barnburgle, the fifteenth at Kingston Heath, uh, the third at Naruma, the Hogs Hole, Hogan's Hole, um, the seventh at the National Old Course, the seventh at Newcastle, and the sixth at New South Wales. My favourite is the sixth at New South Wales. One of, my, one of my mates used to be a member there, so it's the only way I got on. But what would be one of your guys' favourites par threes in Australia if you had to pick one or your top three? Even if you want to name it, your top three. Well done again, guys, in the podcast. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Chris Payne. All right, Chris, uh, you've got us thinking. So mm. I think he said top five to start, ended up being a top three. But let's give your top three and I'll give my top three as well. I, I'm just going to think my way through this. I'll, yep. I'll, 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 I'll do the same. I mean, uh, I'm just going to go number one straight okay. away. Well, I know my number one already and kind of the two and three, but there's so many good ones. I mean, there's a couple of great ones down at the National. Uh, what is it? Moona Fifth Hole. Hmm. The old seventh cathedral, seventeenth. That's a great hole. Yeah. What's the one down at Flinders? They got a nice little beautiful par three on that back nine. Uh, um, Fabulous yeah, little it, hole. I played a while ago. I can't remember what number it, it is. It is a beauty. Um, um, I've forgotten the name. I'm actually getting down to okay. Flinders soon. I'm going to go down and, and have a good look at that golf course very, very soon. Mm. Actually, all right. I got my three. I'm going to go three to two one. Right. While you're thinking about yep. it, number three. I love the tenth hole at Kingston Heath. Little par three. Uh, beautiful, just yeah. a short wedge, nine iron, depending on where the pin is. And can you believe if we play Australian oh. Opens there or Presidents Cup there these days, they leave it out? Oh no, yes, they, do they do too. Yeah, That's right, yeah. They and we do. saw um, Gary Lisbon's amazing photo as well, didn't we? With the sun yeah. coming through. Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah, incredible. Beautiful. Um, number six, New South Wales. Exactly what Chris said. That is a fantastic hole where you're out on the water. You walk across the bridge out there. Yep. Every now and then, down below in the rocks, there might be something going on from, yep. from people who are walking through. 
who uh, decide to uh, get a little bit amorous down there. But anyway, uh, that's that's always an interesting par three. Um, finally, it's hard to go past this one for me. Number number five, Royal Melbourne West. Yeah. Just an incredible par three. Beautiful hole. Yeah. All right, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Okay, um, I'll just do mine as well. Jeez, I get Royal Melbourne in my uh, top fives an awful lot. Uh, <laughs> my number three... It's not a short par three, but I think it is the best long par three. I think I know the one you're thinking of. In the world. And that is 16 yep. West at Royal Melbourne. Yeah. It hole. is just, I, I mean, it's you don't often like long par threes with small greens, but when you get to this one and you look at the bunkering, you look at the, 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 the block of land it's on, it is just Amazing, an amazing hole. And if you could just, mm. I think the game plan there is just to knock it on the front edge, bounce oh. it short, land it on the front edge, and two putt and get away from there. But I absolutely love that hole. Yeah. Um, my number two is Royal Melbourne, uh, the fifth. Okay. As well. Mm-hmm. So they've got my two and three. Yep. The fifth day, and exactly what you say. It's just you step onto that tee and you know you're at a real golf course, and it is one of the great features. And that, you know, that run uh, of holes there. You know, you got four west, five west, and six west. Uh, I don't think there's three better holes anywhere in the world really i think it's magnificent Mm -hmm. and my number one is a newcomer oh really it's a newcomer it's at pk it's on the north course and you get it really early i love the new second hole yes it is is just a gorgeous gorgeous par three that is good i thought you might have gone 15 at kingston heath or something like that but uh no you're right that is a beautiful you know what i think i play kingston heath too much these days and and i (laughs) think i'm used to it i I love it i love the walk i love everything about it but um you know sometimes you it's it's a bit like going to queensland for your holidays it's just beautiful (laughs) it's just beautiful to get up to queensland every once in a while and and that's how i think of royal melbourne so there is my top three Time for a break. Sounds good. I'll see you on the 10th tech. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, if you haven't checked out the Golf Clearance Outlet, then you, I can guarantee you this, are missing out. And if you have, well, you know what we're talking about. Great time to drop in because with all the new equipment released in January, good old Sam at the Golf Clearance Outlet is licking his lips because the stores are chock full of 2023 branded clearance product. And you know that was a hell of a year for golf equipment, Nick. You're spot on there, Mark. There's heaps of gear for righties, of course. But as you know, I am a lefty, so there's a heap of gear for lefties Mm. as well. And plenty for both men and women. And... If you're after a great Prezi idea, you can get gift cards in-store or online. So if you're looking for great golf gear and great prices, the Golf Clearance Outlet needs to be in your plans to go and check it out. See the team in-store at Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth or online golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. It's that simple, Nick. Can't wait. Hang on, hang on, Nick. I thought you were righty putting now. Oh, that's right. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Nick, I know you've heard of the Watch My Numbers app. It is brand new and it is going to dominate the golf app scene for a long, long time. If you want to improve your game, you need to know the areas you're doing well in and where you need to improve. And this app will tell you exactly that, Nick. Yeah, you're spot on, Mark. It's the most powerful database golf app in the world and it helps analyze and improve your game like never before because it uses real-time data from your rounds and highlights the areas of your game that you want to look at. You get actionable and usable info in minutes, not hours. That's really important. It's easy to use. You can set up your profile very quickly. I've done mine. And start accessing data and subscriber-only content straight away. Hmm. Who's it aimed at? Well, it's aimed at people who want to improve their game. It's for all levels of every golfer out there, particularly powerful if you're a mid to low handicapper, but it's great for the elite level and pros as well. So elite and pros as well, I like that. 
Watch my numbers, download it from the App Store and turn your bogeys in the birdies. If you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe and never miss an episode. And maybe share it with a friend. Now back to Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. This is Talk Birdie to Me. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but my toasted chicken and avocado sandwich, along with the grapefruit juice and tonic, was just magnificent. This halfway house we've got here is just stunning. <laughs> well, it's, it's amazing you say that because you do have a history of whinging about food. Oh, why the fuck? Pardon me. Oh, you complain about Sambo's on the TV coverage. Just uh, give no. him some chicken sandwiches and he's good. The chicken sandwiches on set, they are very, very good. Thank you, Jam TV. I just want you to have a think about what you're dishing up on Sundays. That's all. So what Australian Sorry. Golf Headquarters are turning on for us here at Sandringham is pretty good, right? Australian Golf Headquarters are just killing it. And so are the Golf Clearance Outlet, Sam Colosimo, just magnificent. If you're looking to get into yourself into golf, just go down to any of them and they're in Western Australia, Melbourne, Sydney, and they're also in Brisbane. In fact, just get online and you can order and they'll ship it to you pretty much straight away. And I just keep on seeing Ping players. I want to say thank you to Ping for their support. But now I'm looking out for Ping players at every tournament I bloody go to. It's annoying. (laughs) They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Well, you missed an opportunity before, Nick, because you mentioned Bubba Watson at Live in Adelaide. Yeah, that's right. Ping's Bubba Watson. Yeah. Yeah, I think he signed a lifetime contract, I believe. There's been a few players that have done lifetimes. Bubba's one of them. Wow. Well, it's time for this week's Top 5. Top 5, Top 5, Top 5. Okay, my turn this week. This... Top five, given we're in Phoenix for that tournament and how out of control it is, and mm. it was always a favourite event of mine, though. I really enjoyed the crowds. That was a, It was a lot of fun. So I'm going to go with the top five favourite tournaments I've ever played. Oh, this is good. Okay. I like it. Now, I could just say, you know, the four majors, but it includes a couple of the majors, but I'm not going to, uh, you know, do the four. Right. So at number five, I'm going to go with one of my favourite events on the DP World Tour. I always loved playing at Wentworth. Oh. And it changed names. It had various things. It was the Volvo, PGA, yeah. BMW, whatever, yeah. PGA. But the tournament at Wentworth is just something special. It's it was the best. very unique. And, and I had a phenomenal final round there one year. I think I shot 63. Came third. Did you? I never won. I was playing, funnily enough, with Ian Poulter. So it was really good. To, oh, that would have been nice. Really good to get that one going. 63 so. in the last round yeah, at Wentworth. At Wentworth. Played that, great. One of the best rounds you've ever played? Yeah. Uh, one of the best. And that, I started with a bogey too. Well, that's actually, yeah. can you just jot that down? This is a top five for another day. Okay. Nick O'Hearn's top five Ooh, rounds yes. Ever okay. in golf. That'll so, be a good one. That, uh, well, we'll both have to do it that day. Geez, mine so. are going to be different to yours, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know. Lake Karanup's going to be in there. Yeah, it's so, in there for sure. Yeah, I'm sure. The Memorial Tournament. Love it. Jack's Place. He was my idol growing up. You know, the Golden Bear. Milkshakes. Milkshakes were incredible. Yeah. Had one, an amazing experience there one weekend where I was top 10 going into the Sunday and, and having breakfast there by myself in the clubhouse and Jack came along. <sighs> And he tapped me on the shoulder and he says, you know, do you mind if I join you? And I looked oh, up and I oh said, my God. yeah, you can sit down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thrill. Had about a 15-minute chat with him about various things. It was awesome. Did so you really? Oh, it was brilliant. I always, always loved Jack. He's a great man. But um, that tournament, the way he he basically, he treated the players exactly how they wanted to be treated. And and, yeah. and he knew because he almost modeled it a bit in, 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 the, in the Masters tradition, yeah. you know, the, the way Augusta do it there as well. So. Can I just briefly butt in? Mm. I, I had a run in with Jack Nicholas as well. Did you? Yeah, he came back to play in an Australian Open at the Australian. I think he just touched it up again, and he was invited back to play. Anyway, I, I, I hadn't seen him or anything, and I'm on the first tee with my caddy, Tommy Baker. Okay. And uh, they used to call him Ted, of course, Ted Baker. Ted. So uh, I'm walking up to him. He's facing down the first at the Australian, and Jack Nicholas walked on the tee and walked right behind Tom Baker. And Tom didn't know. He was just, you know, looking forward. And I came up to him and he was looking at me and I said, I just hit my shot and I said, hey, this bloke behind you, a couple of steps, he could play. And Jack Nicholas heard it. <laughs> and Jack came up even closer and Tommy Baker turned around and he, their noses almost touched. And Tom Baker almost wet his pants. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the greatest ever. Oh, how good. Anyway, how continue. Good. Now we're at number three. Augusta, the Masters. It's obviously an incredible, special place. We've spoken about that many times yeah, before. Yeah, how yeah. good is that event? Yeah. Number two, well, it's just one of those places I always love to go and always seem to play well. Coolum. 
Coolum. How good is Coolum? <laughs> it was great. Whether it's the Coolum Classic, the Australian PGA, the, the Village Square, there yeah. was just something about that well, place at it night. W- it was our Christmas party as yeah. professionals, and now, amazingly, you're... Favourite course is now the Christmas party. <laughs> so I know you love going to both. You love a good Christmas party, don't you? Exactly. At I Cathedral do. is now the PGA Professionals Christmas party. And go. that's why they get Adam Scott and mm. Cameron Smith and just all the big names going well, up there to play. Last event in the year is always fun for the tour pros because they know they haven't got the following week and they can just relax and yeah. enjoy themselves. And Coolum was always that way for yep. me. So And number one, hard to go past. It was my number one top course of all time. Um, during the pod with uh, Gary Lisbon the other day. But the Open at St. Andrews is something wow. special. Even the Dunhill Lynx Championship, which we used to play there, I just love St. Andrews, staying there on site, either in the hotel or there was a street, uh, one of those cobblestone streets, I think it was North Road, we used to rent a house there. And you just go out at night and everyone was just living, breathing and eating golf. It was so, so much fun. How, so. how many uh, did, because they play a St Andrews Open every five, five years Five years now. or so, yeah. Yeah, I think they're doing, mm. the, they, well, they are doing the same mm. with Pebble Beach these days as well. And I think uh, well done to both the USGA and mm. the RNA for doing that because yep. just getting back to those special courses means so much to the, to the golfing world. Well, well, my first major was the 2000 Open. Uh, You're kidding me. Yeah, Your to, first major's at St Andrews. First major oh, was at St Andrews. Uh, <laughs> and then I also played the 05 Open. Tiger won both of them, obviously. But uh, I got to see Jack. Remember he did the big wave on yeah. the bridge? I was hanging out the uh, Old Course Hotel watching all that going on. It was so much fun. So yeah, I, I was just, there too. I saw that. I, um, I'd miss qualifying, but I saw it all. It was it was nah. beautiful to watch. And, and what, remember that? It was like a changing of the guard because I think Jack was waving. Mm. And on the other side of that fairway, Tiger Woods was just starting his walk <laughs> it was like just you know the yep. golden bear handed over yeah. the to the chalice to tiger and, and a new era began well it was like what rory did with tiger yeah. recently at, at the last open that was there similar very similar thing happened but uh, one of my favorite memories from san andrews was sitting on the clubhouse steps where i think it was on the wednesday before the tournament started they had the four holes where you play one two seventeen eighteen and they had all the old past oh. open champions play yeah and it might have been 2000 because I know Sam Sneed was there and he was about 84 years yeah. old. Peter and Thompson mem- was there. remember watching him hit balls on the range, hitting these little 180-yard draws and he'd do these big leg kicks where he could still kick his Sam leg way Sneed up. Was. And, oh, it was unbelievable. And, um, you know, they had uh, Ian Baker Finch. He almost yeah. knocked one out of bounds again, I think, yeah. off yeah. the first. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Finchie. But Watson, Nicholas Palmer, all those guys. Oh, wow. I just sat on the club head steps for a couple of hours and watched all these guys play. It was one of the most memorable things in my career. I've actually got footage in my phone of Peter Thompson hitting off the first. Um, and uh, I'll make sure that goes out yeah, on our socials because it's one of the most beautiful things. Your old Pete, he was a great man. It might, I don't know whether it was 2000 or not, but it was just beautiful to see him get up there and and and, and flush one off the first. Well, Gorgeous. that would be great to see. You know, he never took his clubs. He just had a, he just always, when he went to St Andrews, he just borrowed a set of clubs out of the pro shop. Really? Yeah. Jeez. He never, went, once he finished as a professional golfer, he didn't take a set of clubs anywhere with him. He would just borrow any set at any club out of the pro shop and play. <laughs> Jeez. He just left his clubs at home. That is awesome. It's humble. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. actually just remarkable. Take some, just take some carry-on. Saves checking in the clubs. <laughs> okay, first bit of feedback, which actually is not feedback. It's really a question. This comes from Ross. Hey, guys, really enjoyed the show. It's the time of the year when all the golf club manufacturers come out with their new golf clubs. I read somewhere that you should upgrade your clubs every five years. Mm. What's your advice, and does it differ depending on your handicap and the type of club, i.e. driver, irons, hybrids? Love your thoughts. Well, it's funny. It depends how much golf you are playing, but pretty much as soon as you see some wear on the grooves, particularly in the wedges, you you need some new wedges because uh, with the new ball and the way it sits these days, you you actually need to get some grip, but unless you you don't care about it. Uh, But um, as far as... Updating your clubs, I think if you're not if you're just playing fifty rounds of golf a year, I'm not so sure you have to update every five years. I mean, maybe some new grips every once in a while. You put, mm. It is incredible when you put new grips on your golf clubs, how they start to feel new. You know, just a little refresher. It's I think it's purely up to you. If you see something that you think will help your game and you you got a little bit of money in your back pocket, then away you go yeah. and, and, and you can upgrade. No, I totally agree. I think, um, you know, the grips are obviously very important. Keep the 
lofts and lies checked every once in a while. Mm. I think that's actually pretty important. But, you know, the manufacturers, they do bring all these new models out. And every now and then you might see one that you really like. But uh, at the same time, you know, what we should do is let me give Matt Austin a ring from ping here uh, in melbourne he won't take your call oh he will of course and fit, i reckon he'd have a huge uh, line of people he's i want to i want to find out what he will say to this this will yeah, be interesting okay, okay this, this will be interesting hey you've called matt austin from ping golf sorry i'm unavailable to take your call if you'd like to leave a message please do so and i'll get back to you as soon as i can thank you Hey, Matt, it's Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. We're here uh, doing the Talk Birdie to Me podcast. Have a very important question for you, mate. Give us a call as soon as you can on this number. Appreciate it. Cheers. We'll never hear from him. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to respond to you. Will. Well, while we're out for him to call back, let's move on with some other bits of feedback. Yeah, huh? please. Remember the pic we had of you looking at uh, Monty at Huntingdale? Yes, we I did. We had do. a late entry into the caption contest. Oh, really? From Jared Kenny. He may have won a Masters, but did he ever get a cart on the roof? <laughs> hey, listen, the Huntingdale 7 will never speak. So you don't know whether it was me or not. I, I, I certainly don't have a clue. That should be a Netflix series, how that the Huntingdale 7. Got on the roof at Huntingdale. It sounds like a Sherlock Holmesy kind of mm. book, doesn't it? Yeah. On the moors of uh, somewhere in England. Speaking of Huntingdale, uh, Matt Button has said, I would love nothing more than the gold jacket to come back. What a brilliant tournament. I hope it does too one day. It's just sitting there waiting to happen. It is sitting there waiting to happen, and, and let's let's all cross our fingers. It'll come back bigger and better than ever. Mike Cocking's bonus podcast was great. We had a lot of fun with him, and Tim Wise has said, I was waiting for Cocking to tell us why he dug up the bunker down the left of AT, and the word is he's still trying to get out of it. Oh, Is that right? Okay. I, reckon, I don't think Cocking's put Did- a foot wrong in his entire design career. Did he hit it in there at a certain point or something in a tournament? Is that what he's referring to? Oh, maybe that's the deal. Maybe. Yeah, I don't think he's having a crack at uh, Mike's design work. Tim Wise, no, because Tim Wise is a professional golfer. Okay. Tim Wise, I know, and has actually won a couple of times on the Challenger PGA Tour of Australasia. Really? That's correct. So, Wisey, we need more information, please. Mm, all right. Tim from Tim Boone. He, he's also known if you listen to uh, sports radio around Australia. You guys had a really fun top five last week on uh, Wanker Moves on Golf Course. Yes, <laughs> yes. We've got some suggestions. Okay. That you missed. That's okay. not surprising. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one from an AJ. Number one wanker move is to comment on someone's putt before it reaches the hole. Oh. There's nothing worse than a putt track into the hole all the way and your playing partner says, it's in, yes, and it lips yeah. out or misses. Calling right. it home, you actually should get a two-shot penalty <laughs> if, if you're guilty of calling someone else's putt home. Yeah. Have you ever got to the point where that consistently happens and you just say, "Look, yeah. will you please stop sh- yeah. calling my putts in? Just yeah. shut up. Yeah, that's it. In America, they say, just get your lips off my ball. <laughs> that's what they say. <laughs> it's true. Right, okay. Right. Yeah, mm. It's true, mate. Uh, Lee's got a couple of suggestions too. Now, this is sort of a similar one, the first one. He's got about three or four. Talking to someone else's ball, similar. Yep. Saying good putt before the putt is in the hole, which is kind of the same Excellent. thing. Yeah, yeah. Here's a couple of new ones. Taking 45 seconds over the shot to hit the ball 12 metres on the ground oh. <laughs> and standing five feet directly behind someone who's putting. Yeah, that's not cool. Yeah. No, you can't do that. No, it's no. not cool. It's particularly in a, in a tournament. If you're mates, I get it. And you're having a bit of fun out there, and you you know you're wearing your hoodie, good as gold, mm-hmm. but not in the tournament. Yeah, I've got a message here from PGA Pro Harrow. I've had the pleasure of playing golf with Gary Lisbon around Royal Melbourne. I played pretty well that day, so the West Course is very high in my listings as well. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Oh. It's funny, so many people actually wrecked their golf courses to how well they played that golf course <laughs> wherever they went around the world. So I understand that theory. We've had some comments on the Live PGA stuff, as we always do. And we're not going to go through them all because there's just too many of them. But yeah. we've had a couple of good ones here. Dan Jamsom says, I think this new move, this this is the investment that's come in and, the, yep. and the, the new structure. I think this is a conflict of interest for Jay. He was executive with Fenway before the tour. If the players, who are apparently number seven on this fictitious board, fictitious is his word, yep. and have a veto power by majority, that will change over time. None of them are qualified to negotiate on behalf of members. They have an interest, but the board is self-serving. Jeez, he hasn't missed, has he? Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I still think uh, you will find that the American players simply didn't want to travel, and that's why they found the alternative. Yeah. According to the source. According to the source, <laughs> who has never been wrong at this stage. Okay. Keith Hager reckons he's figured out the end game. The SSG want a return. They will sell to the PIF in a couple of years for five times their investment. 
Now that's interesting. Mm. Now that is interesting. Very. A little bit of merit there. Who's that? Okay. Keith Hager. So now, can we please organise a prize? Every once in a while, we've got to give a prize out. Yeah. I think I think a talk birdie to me golf towel is absolutely perfect. Yep. I, I'm, leave it with me. Hey, that's uh, my homework. I'm happy to also send a, you know, how to play your best golf book as well. How's oh, that? there you yeah. go. Now we're talking. There you go. Would you autograph it? Oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Another bit of feedback on Live and PGA from Jeff. Hey, guys, I love listening to the pod on a Tuesday night with a glass of red. Sounds like a friend of yours, Nick. Yeah, probably. All this Live PGA talk is a little bit frustrating. I do get both sides of the arguments. However, if they merge, all the players are better off with the amount of money they'll all be playing for, and all the best players would play each other. That is a dream for players and spectators. And, gee, I hope they sort of that soon. Yeah, yeah that's what we all want. I obviously. agree. So, who was that from again? That's from Jeff Moran. Right. You can get one of Nick's books as well, Jeff. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, you're giving them away now, eh? Okay. Well, it's either that or he gets 87 tips to make golf simple, <laughs> one or the other. Oh, I, I saw that. Uh, it was just the highlights package and uh, quality stuff. Quality, Mark. Well done. Adam was cool impressed. He made a comment on uh, on that. Did he? Yeah. He's uh, simply had two words there. What's that? Uh-huh. Only 87? Yes, that's right. <laughs> well, the, I, I, I picked out the most important yes. 87 tips, and I stood tough, and I wasn't going to go any anymore. There There's are, only 87 oh. tips you need to play this game well. Wow. Okay. Question for you guys from Carlos. <laughs> yes. Guys, since world ranking points are not awarded to live players, what alternatives are there for measuring the strength of the field? Well, I think the only way you can do it is the top five players who aren't already exempt mm. on their order of merit actually get into the majors. I, th- I think that's the only fair way. They deserve to get a couple in. Yeah, I was reading the other day as well about Cameron Smith. He's worried because he wants to play the Olympics. Yeah. And they take the top two highest ranked players from each country. Now, if there's, I think if there's more than two within the top 15 in the world, well, then they can, like American has four inside the top 15 so they could take four players but Cam wants to go and at the moment he's number two behind Jason Day but you got Min Woo and Adam Scott kind of creeping up yeah. and he's not playing in any world ranking events except the majors so he's he's got a bit of pressure on him to perform in those yeah he's got to get to the majors and get off to a quick start yeah yeah okay interesting bit more feedback here Dale O'Neill has said hey guys Ripper Show again quality listing I really enjoy the insider stories and the quirks of the former champions in this case Colin Montgomery I'd love to hear more of that stuff and more about classic jewels from former champs. Hmm. Yeah, well, he was very famous for ripping his glove, uh, Velcro, (laughs) in the middle of your pre-shot routine or even worse, when you're just about to pull the trigger. I'm hesitant about this one because we're all getting a whack here. All of us. All yeah. of us. Okay. Um, it's act, well, it's actually something you did, Nick, but Thank Mark you. And, and me as well. We I think I know what's coming. We didn't pick you up on it, and so I feel it's only right that we all cop this True. One. I've got three comments I'm going to read out. We had about ten. I've okay. only got three here. Okay. Brendan Tui. Hey, guys. Did you never play first 11 cricket at school? Ram's team is 13, i.e. the 13th team in live. Eight would be... V-I-I-I. That's fair criticism, but I'm sure only one person picked it out. No. Travis has said, hey, guys, Legion 13. No, no, I I never played first grade cricket, but it was my fault. I will own up to that, and I did apologise on social media because for some reason I just had it in my head. I kept seeing the LV3, you know, which is live – no, LV – I V or whatever. So the V was in my head, and I'm thinking, oh, it's Legion Eight, Legion Eight for some reason. And anyway, well, you did tell me on Monday that you were going to watch Super Bowl Fifty Three. So (laughs) (laughs) I I kind of put one Uh, one and uh, yeah, one more here. Joe Leafhead uh, said, "Hey guys, Legion Thirteen, not Legion Eight. Yes, yes, Yes. we we, we got it wrong. Nick said it, but Mark and I did not pick him up. So we're all thirty-three and a third percent to blame." Yeah. Uh, And a final one on a fun note. Mm. uh, This is a good one here. This is from Topher M. Uh, suggestion for Ping, actually. Oh, okay. okay. Guys, can Ping please arrange Nick a hat with a backwards logo so in the Masterclass videos it reads Ping? Maybe when we flip you around from left uh, hand yes. to right hand. Yeah, that's what you're saying. The oh, Ping, okay. when we I've only done that once or twice, right? Yeah, yeah. But he yeah. wants you to wear a backwards logo when it's flipped. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a good idea. Well, I might have a, to talk to them. That's another question right. when Matt gets back to us. Yes. If he does get back to us. Come <laughs> on, Matt. I do have one question for you, Nick. You are a massive NFL fan. Yes. Massive NFL fan for in the US. Uh, Phoenix finished yesterday at the start of 
Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how did you like? How did you choose what to watch? How did you? What, what did you do? Because you would have been torn. Well, t- typically I was playing the go- golf tournament while while the Super Bowl was going on. If it was a la- if I was playing well and I was finishing late, well then yeah. the Super Bowl was usually already on because it was on that Sunday of uh, of Phoenix. Did they put it on? You know how they got the big screens around the golf course in between? You know putting golf stats up and who was coming in the next group. Did they actually have a, a little box down the bottom on those screens of the Super Bowl being played? Mark, I was so in the zone, I couldn't oh, tell you. Yeah. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, you and Wilbur. <laughs> How have you pulled up with, since Kansas City won yesterday? Because yeah. I know you were going for San Francisco. I was going for the Niners because they have an Aussie punter who's an ex-tradie from Perth. Uh, Wishnowski was yeah. his name. So I had. it's not that I follow the Niners, but I thought, oh, wouldn't that be a great story? First Australian to win a Super Bowl well, run. I was very happy because uh, Patrick Mahomes goes to Texas Tech. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, I like know. Ludwig yeah. Oberg. I'm sure, I'm sure all the Swifties are, are uh, going to be happy too. Well, that's probably uh, enough on the, on the Super Bowl from uh, yesterday. What was a great game going into overtime. Probably that leads the Ping Global results, I'm sure. Does it, does it Nick? Certainly does. Play the music and we'll find out. Okay, the Ping Global results this week. Obviously, we had the Phoenix tournament called the Waste Management Phoenix Open. We had Nick Taylor defeat Waste Management's own yeah. Charlie Hoffman because he was sponsored by him. I love what Charlie does, yeah. actually. And he wears the Waste Management. He's got the green glove. He's got the yep. green grips on his clubs. All green. All the big color for Waste Management. And mm. I think he's a local as well. So... I think it's a match made in heaven. Yeah. I think he lives in Vegas these days, actually, Charlie. I think okay. so, yeah. But uh, he's been with them for a long time. He's playing on a career money exemption this year, too. So that was huge oh, for that him. was enormous. Huge, thing. yeah. And it actually gets him into the next uh, uh, signature event, yeah. Genesis, I believe. Hey, but he's not hitting it that far, is he? Because uh, I, I He saw hit the it. longest drive on 18. Yes, mm. of the day. Yeah. He, he must have just been... Pumped. Pumped. Well, he had yeah. a two- or a three-shot lead at that stage over Nick Taylor, who finished like a house on fire to catch him. But he absolutely pumped this drive down there. And then as he's waiting for the playoff, he's wearing a back brace, by the way. He had a, he had a back brace around him to keep his back warm. He's 47 right. years old, obviously yeah. has some issues. He's got the orange whip in the bag. Remember the orange yeah. whip, the training yeah, aid? Yeah, 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 absolutely. It was quite a uh, quite an interesting thing to watch, I guess, as he was going along. But it was it was a great win from Taylor, who, as you remember, at the Canadian Open won his last playoff. Remember that against <laughs> Tommy Fleetwood when he held that 72-footer? <laughs> what was the player he got knocked over? Oh, uh, Adam Haddonwood, By yeah. security? Yeah. I was waiting for Haddonwood to uh, charge the green again in Phoenix, <laughs> but I didn't see him, unfortunately. But uh, Sounds like an amazing event. Yeah. Scotty Scheffler, though, your Texas uh, yeah, yeah. Tech uh, you know, alumni. He, uh, well, no, no, he didn't go to Tech. T- sorry, he didn't go. I think he went to UT. Oh, he went to UT. Okay, yeah, I think right. he went to Texas. Yeah. Right. Well, how did he get the source then? Sorry. How do I? Well, my 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 uh, roommate in okay. college plays golf regularly with Scotty Scheffler's brother-in-law. There's <laughs> <laughs> like seven degrees and of that's, separation. That's whatever you all call I'm going to say. Okay. But I get the good stuff. All right. Anyway, it's as simple as that. Well, Scheffler's putting again let him down on the back nine. He missed short putts on 13, 14, 15, and it was just. Uh, and what, then he what almost. Are what are you seeing? Did you watch it? Closely? I watched a what, bit of it. What's he doing? You know, I'd I'd love to see him. He's changed his setup a little bit. He, he's over the ball a little longer than what I would like to see. Maybe yeah. be a bit more reactive. I'd love to see him. You know what I'd love to see? Him get the old blade style putter out again. Remember with the. Um, uh, the Wilson yeah. 802, yeah, one just, of those. To, just to get a bit of old school feel going, let it go, because he looks as though he's steering it a little bit, it, but I'm sure he's getting some great advice. You know what? Sometimes even just having one of those old putters in your bag just mm. to practice with. Exactly. Just You, you practice with this one, but yep. this is your gamer, yeah. and, and that's what you play with, but just to feel that stroke again. Yeah. And the other thing I, I often get pros that I'm helping do uh, to putt with is their sand iron. Practice with that a lot, because if you can roll a sand iron well, mm. just, it's all about rolling the ball well, and if you do that... Well, when you go back to the putter, it just seems so easy. But I'm sure he's getting some great advice yep. anyway. He finished tied for second with, uh, who was it, Sam Burns. Out of the Aussies, he had uh, Adam Scott tied for eighth, Aaron Badley 28th. Ryan Fox had a good first round. Yeah. He was up there, but he fell away, tied for 41st. And let's cook Minwoo Lee, uh, tied for 71st. So oh. it wasn't a great week for him in the end. But still uh, really impressive. And Nick Taylor shot 60, by the way, 60 in the first round, 11 under cool. round there, which is incredible. And then on, I tell you, we had on the Corn Ferry Tour, where I were on, while we're on low numbers, did you see there was a 57 shot? Yes, I did. But 
there's some things to this, right? Yeah. 6,200 yard golf course. Yeah. So what's that? 5,700 meters. So it's only a little at, bit longer than uh, Woodlands Golf Club if you play Woodlands. Uh, it's shorter than Woodlands. Is it shorter I'm, than Woodlands? I'm sure it's shorter. Wow. Yeah, Woodlands would be at least 6,000. Um, so actually, you're right. It's, 6, yeah. 000, it's just 6,600 yards. Something like that. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But it was also at 9,000 feet elevation. Oh. So now you take another 15%, 20% off that. that. So all of a sudden, you're at a less than 5,000 meter golf course, and it's a par 70. The guy shot 57. Now, look. 57 57. Yeah. You got to hold the putts. You still got to hold the putts. Also, during that event, um, another guy shot 59, but both of those players actually didn't, didn't even win. So that was crazy. So, how, the, the kid who shot 59 was he an Australian kid? No, South African. He was the youngest winner a couple of weeks ago in Bahamas. Okay. Uh, Pot Guider was his name. But uh, the guy who shot 57, Cristobal Del Sola, have a listen to these scores 57, 69, 75, 63. <laughs> 75? Yeah. What happened? Anyway, oh, I don't know. Goodness me. Yeah, but anyway, um, in that event, it was in Bogota. I've played there in Bogota, Colombia. Um, not at that golf course, though, at a different venue. Uh, American Kevin Vello defeated Brian Campbell on the first playoff hole. Best Aussie there was uh, Brett Druitt. Well done, Brett. Tied for 41st. We have Live Las Vegas going on, um, You know, the, and they finished yep. the day before the Super Bowl. Good to see DJ win again, Dustin Johnson, get his third Live win. Defeating Taylor Gooch and uh, Peter Ewellwine. Uh, John Rahm, as I mentioned, was trying to silence the fans, but that didn't quite happen for him. But uh, solid week for him. He did finish poorly again for John Rahm, mm. and he actually hit a shank during the week. Did you yeah, see that? I Ooh. did see it on social media. Hosel rocket. Yes. That was a beauty. It does bring a smile to your face when you see a hosel <laughs> uh, on social media. It, it makes, certainly does. Every shot makes somebody happy. Yeah. But Team Smash won over the four aces and the goat rangers. I mean, range goats. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, I keep yeah. calling them goat rangers. <laughs> Add rippers go? They were well down the list. Okay, I didn't uh, get that far. That's disappointing. I'm looking forward to those boys actually yeah. making some waves. Mm. On the DP World Tour, they were in Qatar at the Doha Golf Club where Hayden Barron actually led after 36 know. holes. Very good uh, effort by the West Australian. He ended up finishing in a tie for ninth, but we saw a player uh, win who we saw a lot of down here in Australia, Rikuya Hoshino, who came runner-up at the Australian Open where he lost to Neiman yeah. in the playoff and he also finished second to Minwoo Lee at the PGA, yeah. I think it was. He's still wearing those tuxedo pants, I noticed. Oh, was he? Yeah. Okay. He's got the, t the white pants with the white stripe. Oh, nice. I down like the that. side. Yeah. Anyway, he became the fourth Japanese winner on the DP World Tour so uh, in history. So He's well, a gun, isn't he? Well done to him. Uh, the Ladies European Tour was the Magical Ladies Kenya Open. Isn't that a great name? Mm. Magical, Magical Ladies Kenya that's Open. sensational. But a girl we've seen quite a bit of down here, Shannon Tan. Yes. Yeah, she won the golf tournament. Oh, well How done, Shannon. Yeah. So a European Tour winner. Becomes the first Singaporean ever to win on the Ladies European Tour. And Mark, this is going to please you no end. What's that? You know where she went to college? Texas Tech. You betcha. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you I tell betcha. you what, I, I, looking back, I've paved the way for you so have. many greats <laughs> in sport. <laughs> you have. It's incredible. But best of the Aussies, Kirsten Rungley and uh, New Zealand's Momoka Kabori. Not Kazuma, finished tied for 40th. So uh, okay. well done to Momoka. And obviously here in Australia, we had the WebEx Players Series in Sydney at Castle Hill where we saw King Kazuma take home his third WPX title, third win in four weeks, third in his first 10 tournaments. And you know who the only other player to ever do that in? T-Woo. 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 Tiger Woods. Thank you very much. So he's on a pretty good trajectory yeah. right now, you could say, but it moves him up to second in the order of merit, which is very Basically key. first, isn't it? Well, they got Min Woo, Min Woo still, yeah. and he'll be taken out because he won't play enough events. After him, you've got Kazuma at two, Brett Coletta at three, Ping Player at four. You've got Dave Michaluzzi. Now, yeah. he will actually, he's, he's played enough events, and I think he might even play one or two more because what that'll do is if he finishes in that top three, then it guarantees him next year just yeah. in case he doesn't play well this year. So we might see a bit mm. more of Michaluzzi, which is good. Just on the Kaboris, um, do you think we should maybe call Momoka and just do a bit of a welfare check to make sure she's going <laughs> okay? Because she was the darling of that family for so long. Yeah, that's true. And now yeah. Kazuma well, has just gone screaming past her. Unbelievable. And mum and dad mightn't even, you know, they might have forgotten her phone number, <laughs> the way things are tracking at the moment. But how about this though? The runner-up in the event, Jenny Shin, when yeah. she arrived at the golf tournament on Tuesday, Never actually realised it was a mixed event. She thought, what are all these blokes doing here? Are you joking? Didn't know she'd entered a mixed event. So uh, anyway, she came runner-up. She was a fantastic player. Really impressive, yeah, actually. She was good to watch. And good to see Brendan Jones finish third, too. Yeah. He's fit as a fiddle for 48, that guy. He's, he's strong. He must be. You know, I look at him. I reckon he's done 
millions and mm. millions of deadlifts or something. He's yeah. just got that body where he just looks so strong. Yeah, very strong. But uh, in the and in the junior section, uh, a young fella by the name of Harry. Uh, we think it's Whitelock. It could be Whitlock. I'm not yep. sure. He shot nine under He'd, over the two days. He did nine not. under. How he, old is he? Uh, he was 16 and he won by 11. I think he plays out of Royal Canberra Golf Club. Holy moly. Amazing effort. And then on the all abilities, Cameron Pollard has gone back to back in mm. the WebEx Players Series as well. Plus he won the Vic Open, so he's actually won three in a row now. Yeah. So congrats, Cam. That was a great win. I do notice he's uh, ripped off uh, Tiger Woods' uh, black pants and red shirt uh, on Sundays these days well, as why, well. Why, Cam why, Pollard. Why wouldn't you? Did you see Adrian Moronk's comments this week? Yes, I did. What's your view? Well, his comments were that if he did get picked on the European uh, team for the Ryder Cup, he probably would have stayed and played in America because he did finish top 10 and he was exempt for the PGA Tour. But obviously that has hurt him Mm. enough to where he said, well, stuff you, Uh, I'm taking this cash that is on offer. So I'm not against people doing what they think is right for them. I'm not against it, but I was surprised that that was the reason yeah. that if you're he doing used it, to go to live. If you're doing it as part of a grudge, I'm not sure that's the right reason for doing it. No, so no, maybe no. he was, it was a flippant comment. I don't know, but yeah. uh, it was fascinating, that's for sure. Yeah, I did mean to ask it earlier when we were talking about live, but I forgot, and I couldn't let us wrap up the pod without your views on that because mm-hmm. that was a really interesting comment he made. certainly was. Time for the Masterclass. I'm seeing a lot of uh, young players who are professional or about to turn professional just beating balls, ball after ball after ball after ball on the range. And a lot of their swings look really, really good to me. And I've made this point that if you are a young professional or if you've got plans as an amateur golfer to be turning professional in the near future, if you are not practicing your putting to be the number one putter in the world, that is your goal, then you're not professional. You're not doing what's right in this game to succeed. And when I say succeed, you know, there are lots of professionals out there who professional golf is a hobby to them. I say this all the time. Professional golf's a hobby. Now, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. No worries. But if you want to make a living out of this game, if you want to, you know, make the checks that the bloke sitting across from me made all those years on the on the PGA Tour, you want to be one of the best putters going around because you're going to have off days, you're going to have off weeks, and you've still got to make money. So to these players out there, if you want to practice like a professional, a professional one, get yourself a caddy in the, in the uh, practice rounds because that's where you get sharp. And, and you know this, Nick, as well as anybody, very rarely... Are you, especially with uh, practice courses that you've seen before, you're not going out there to have a look at the golf course. You're going out there to sharpen your skills, to see how the course is playing, to see what bounces you might want to use, to see how you're going to defend any bad shots for the entire week. So a complete reverse. And then once you're on that driving range, if you're just hitting ball after ball after ball, trying to get your right angles in the elbow or you're trying to get the takeaway just right or you're trying to get the shaft to go up through your bicep, whatever it might be, yeah, that's nice. Good for you. Keep working on your swing. But you've got to take some time to step back, pick out targets, get your caddy to put a little bit of pressure on you and say, look, here's a shot on the first. And you go through your routine and you start nailing some drives at targets. If you're mm. not doing that, then you are, you're in fairyland as far as I'm concerned if you're trying to play your best golf week in, week out because it is not about your golf swing and how that shape is. It is what is in your head. If, if your head isn't sharp on the Thursday morning when you're hitting off of the tournament, then you haven't prepared properly. Totally agree there, Mark. And the thing you mentioned is you're trying to play your best golf. And funnily enough, I think there's a book out called How to Play Your Best Golf. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? No, but just on that point. A lot of my master class was straight (laughs) out of your book. Oh, yeah. But when you are on the range and when you practice, as you said, you've got to divide your time effectively. Do your technical work. I used to divide into three. Technical, skill work, and then competitive work. Yeah. So that competitive piece is the most important because that's where, as well, you work on your pre-shot routine and that's the thing that you want on the golf course. One last thing. If you're not practicing your putting, long putts, short putts, medium Mm. putts, length putts, if you're not practicing your putting for one hour every single day, just finding finding time to do that, 
And I'm sorry, but you're not very professional. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now, we have another callback from Matt Austin from Ping, so I reckon we've got to get him on the show next week next to answer week. that question. Yeah, for sure. I know he's fitting someone right now with some brand new Ping, so he's obviously very busy. He's a very, very big part of our show. Sounds great. See you next week. See you next week, guys. Cheers. Thanks for being part of Talk Birdie to me with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. And if you want to be part of the show, drop us a message or comment on the socials. Or you can send an email or leave a voicemail at talkbirdietome.com.au. Thanks to the great team at Ping. They're the best in the business and they'll help you play your best. And the Golf Clearance Outlet. If you're after top quality at prices you won't beat, check them out. Golfclearanceoutlet.com.au Talk Birdie to Me's executive producer is Dan Bradley at Kaizen Media. Sound design, Daryl Misson at loudzebra.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.